Welcome to Slaking Thirst, a podcast that's all about bringing the thirst deep within our hearts for love and communion to the heart of Christ, a divine heart, who is seeking our love and communion in return. The hope is that the two thirsts would meet and both thirsts would be slaked. Okay, friends, let's recap this gospel. This is a great story. I love this story so much. So what you have at this point, Jesus hasn't even called the 12 apostles yet. He's going around, he's preaching, he's teaching, and he's gathering crowds. So there's this large crowd that's gathered around him, and you have to picture this in your mind. He's kind of near the shore of the lake. So lake, the Sea of Galilee, has many names. Lake Gennesaret, Sea of Tiberias, Sea of Galilee, they're all the same body of water. So he's standing there at the shore of this lake, and the crowd is right there, and he's going to preach to them, he's going to teach them. Now, what they didn't have at Jesus' time, what they didn't have in the ancient world, they did not have microphones, which makes it easier for big crowds to hear people. They didn't have microphones. So what did they have to do? If a person was speaking, they would go to a place where their voice could carry further. One of the things, I don't know if you know this, one of the things about water is that sound carries across the water really easily. So what Jesus did, he sees these two guys, these fishermen who are cleaning their nets. They had just been fishing out all night. They've been fishing. Apparently they caught nothing. He just gets into one of the guy's boats, the boat belonging to Simon. He just gets in his boat, and he says, put out a little ways, right? So Simon amazingly, amazingly puts out a little ways into the water. So we have to picture Jesus in a boat, maybe like 30 yards or maybe like 30 feet out into the water, and the crowd is sitting on the shore, and Jesus is sitting in the boat, and he's preaching, he's teaching to them. Then it says, after he's done preaching, if you're Simon, you're thinking, okay, I'm glad this guy's done talking. Now I can go back to my work, right? Because I've had a very long night, I'm very exhausted, and I just want to go home and probably take a long nap. That's probably what he's thinking. So Jesus finishes preaching, he turns to Simon, and he says to him, put out into the deep water. Put out into the deep water and lower your nets for a catch. Put out into the deep water and lower your nets for the catch. Now here's the thing about fishing in the ancient world. Okay, so again, they didn't have microphones in the ancient world. They also didn't have, anybody here ever like, like go on, like, anybody here go fishing? Okay, so a few of us, right? So you go out on a boat, you go into like maybe Lake Erie or some big body of water. What do you use to find out if there are fish under the water beneath you? What do you use? What's that thing called? What's it called, Wyatt? What's it called? A tracker, a, like a fish finder, right? It's like a sonar thing that goes down. It's looking for fish underwater. You got a little screen, and you're like, ah, there's a big school of fish down there. Guess what? They didn't have fish finders in Jesus' time. They didn't have that, right? They didn't have microphones. They didn't have fish finders. So what did they use to see if there were fish down there? They used their eyeballs. <laughs> they used their eyes. These were their fish finders, right? So how are you going to see if there's fish down there? Well, you'd go out into the water and you would look overboard, right? This is why they would only really fish in shallow waters, because you can't see into the deep water. No one fished in the deep waters. One, because you couldn't see the fish, and two, the deep water was scary. It was super scary. I don't know about you, I'm not a huge fan of like big, big bodies of water. I'm not a, like, I'll, I'll swim in a pool. I don't like swimming in lakes. I don't like swimming in the pond. I don't like, I mean, I'll swim in the ocean, but like not far out. There's people, like my uncle, he used to swim, like he would just get in the ocean and just go out 
Like, oh, he's going to die, right? Like, that's what I used to think, right? There's going to be like a whale that eats him or something, right? There's something scary about deep, deep water, right? There's something scary about it. In the ancient world, that's what they thought. Like, we don't know what's down there, right? There could be big sea monsters down there. We don't know, so we're going to stay in the shallows. So no one went out in the deep water. But here's Jesus saying to Peter, saying to Simon, go out into the deep. Go out into the deep. So he does. He says, Master, fine. If this will get you off my back, I'll do it. He goes out to the deep waters and he lowers his net for a catch. Even though all night long, this professional fisherman all night long had been trying to catch fish, unsuccessful. He goes out there, listens to this guy who's not a fisherman, puts his nets down, and he catches not just a little bit of fish. He catches so much fish. Again, try and picture this. So much fish that the nets that are hauling up the fish are tearing at the seams, these nets are tearing. There's so many fish. Picture the fish all flopping, right? All these flopping fish. And they haul them onto the boat, and it says the boat begins to sink. There's so many fish. This seemed like a little bit of fish or a lot of bit of fish? That's a lot of fish. Say, that's a lot of fish. That's a lot of fish. That's a lot of, that's a ton of fish, right? The boats are sinking. They call to the other guys. They say, come help us. We need help, right? So they come over, and they're helping them. They haul the fish ashore, and what did Simon do? He's, he's just so filled with amazement at Jesus. It says he falls to his knees in the presence of Jesus. and says, Lord, depart from me. I'm a sinful man. Simon has suddenly realized he's in the presence of somebody so extraordinary, somebody so holy, he's realizing I'm a sinful man. I don't even deserve to be in your presence. It's an amazing story. Here's, here's two things I really want us to kind of focus in on this morning. As we, again, we're starting the school year. The first is this. The adventure starts when you put out into the deep. Say deep. deep. Say deep. deep. Yeah, the adventure starts when you put out into the deep. Guys, look, our, our faith is extraordinary. Our faith is so incredible. This faith of ours is so beautiful. It's so powerful. It has changed the world. It's changed history. It's affected civilization. It is the most powerful thing it's the most powerful thing in the world. It's the most beautiful thing in the world. It's the most complex thing in the world. Our faith is amazing. But I promise you, if you stay shallow, the faith is going to always seem boring. It's not until you start putting out into the deep, going deeper with Jesus, deeper in your faith, deeper in prayer, deeper in scripture, deeper in your religion class. It's not until you start going out into the deep is it going to start becoming adventurous and alive. You have to put out into the deep. Like the big catch of fish, right? The big catch of fish. It isn't in the shallow water. It's in the deep. Say deep. deep. It's in the deep. You have to go out into the depths. Friends, like that, this year, this is, what, like, this is what we want to do. Like I've, this is my prayer. This is what Jesus has been leading me as I've been praying this summer, getting ready for this school year with all of us, is that Jesus wants to take all of us deeper. Not just students. But teachers and parents, he wants to take us deeper. He's not satisfied with shallow Catholics. He's not satisfied with people who have a shallow faith. He wants to take us deeper. He always wants to take us one step deeper. One step deeper. One step deeper. And like Father Joe this year, he and I both want to take you deeper, in particular when it comes to the Eucharist. Like at the start of Mass, you saw I forgot to repose the Blessed Sacrament, right? I forgot to put Jesus from the monstrance back into the tabernacle. 
Like, friends, like, th- this is the most extraordinary thing. Like, right here. Like, this. Like, do you see, can you see this image right here? Maybe you guys over there, it might be hard to see. This image on the front of the tabernacle, you see Jesus. And he's pointing right here. He's pointing to his heart. And there's fire coming out of his heart. We have this image here to remind our eyes, to remind our heart the truth that Jesus' heart, Jesus is here. That's why we have this candle, right? This is why in every Catholic church you have to have a candle, this sanctuary candle. It has to be a real candle. It has to be a real flame. It can't be a light bulb because a real candle is kind of alive. And it's reminding us that there's a heart here. There's someone alive here. There's a beating heart here. Jesus wants to take us deeper in our faith, in particular with the Eucharist, that we would see with our eyes, that we would see with our heart. I cannot believe that you're here. I cannot believe that you would come to me like this, that you are so humble, that you love me that much, that you would come that close to me. That the God who hung the stars in the sky, right, the God who made the rings around Saturn, that God, that incredible God, that huge God, becomes so small right here. And he hides himself in bread and wine to give himself to you. Why? Because he loves you. Because he thinks you're amazing. And then the moment that we begin to see that, what are we going to do? We're going to be like Peter in the gospel. Like the moment that he realized who he was standing in front of, what does he do? He falls to his knees in reverence. In reverence as he recognizes you're right here in front of me. Friends, I promise you, number one, What we believe about the Eucharist is really, really hard to believe. But number two, the moment we really start to believe it, that changes everything. So this is the question I want you just to chew on. I want you to ponder this. I want you to consider this throughout the day, throughout the next coming days. I want you to imagine that moment, right? So in the Mass, I'm going to hold up the the host, I'm going to hold up the chalice, and I'm going to say, behold the Lamb of God, saying, like, look at him, behold the Lamb of God. I want you to ask this, what if that's really him? Like, what if that's actually true? What difference would that make? I want you to ask that. If that's actually him, what difference would that make? Jesus is inviting us out into the deep, friends. He's inviting us to recognize him in the Eucharist. So may we do that. Let's open our hearts. Let's just take a second. I want you to close your eyes. I want you to begin asking that question. What if that's actually true? Jesus, do you actually come that close to us? Do you actually hide yourself in bread? Do you actually love me that much that you want to not only be close to my mind, close to my heart, but you want to be close to my body? Is it actually true that the God who made the stars humbles himself to hide in bread and wine?